Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Kind of Funny Morning Show for January 12th. Uh, we're midway through this month, and I could not be happier. I feel good about my life right now. I feel good about you people out there. You look great. Let me Allow me to say one thing right now. You all look great out there. My name is Nick Scarpino. Joining me again, back to the show, two times in one month. We are very lucky. Starting the year to off. Welcome uh, Jeff Ramsey from Achievement Hunter. Hey! Yay! Uh, your last time you were on, people really, really enjoyed that. Not really? the least of which was me. I really, really enjoyed the discussion that we had, the discourse we had. You surprised me this week. I did. You said I'm coming back for your comedy show. Uh, I did. Yeah, and I've been planning it for a while, kind of in the background. It was nice. Greg ruined it. Because Greg was like, hey, like he looked, I guess you were texting back before. He's like, oh, hey, Jeff's coming to your comedy show. And I was like, well, that would, that's a lovely surprise. So I asked him, because I, I, when, when you and I were talking, I don't remember when, we were talking last year, and you mentioned that you were doing stand-up, yeah. which is something that I've always been super, super interested in. I think we got into it a little bit last time. We did. But, uh, oh, and spoilers, we're going to get into it again. Yeah, I assume so. Uh, and so I'm fascinated by the process, and to find out that I know somebody who's beginning that journey, I desperately wanted to experience it and see what it's like. Uh, and also, I have selfish business reasons for wanting to do it as well. Of course. Uh, but In the uh, Venn diagram of things that you should do, it's passion and make money. Yeah, yeah. And when they overlap, that's where that little area is right where you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Just a, like slightly on the make money side. But Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. So, so I texted him. I was talking to him, and I said, hey, you know, if, if Nick is ever going to do stand-up, he's going to have a big stand-up thing or whatever, let me know. I'll drop everything. I want to come see it. I want to. I want to see what his stand up is like. I want to. I just want to be a part of it. Be like visit that world for a little bit. And he was like, "We'll do." And then I got the call, the text, and he said, "Hey, Nick's doing a big thing at Cobb's Comedy Club. Uh, it's probably his biggest show yet. It's a. It's a cool deal. You should come for that." And I was like, "All right, I'm. I'm in. I'm booking my tickets. I'm going to come." And then I and I had the conversation. I said, "Hey, now here's a question. Should I tell him in advance that I'm going to be there? So, or would it be a nice surprise, or would it throw him?" Right, mm -hmm. like just somebody from Texas to show up unannounced at your comedy show. You're not just somebody from Texas. Like, hey, I'm from Texas. No, I know who <laughs> yeah. you are. We've hung out before. Right? Yeah, We're yeah. Buddies. But like, I wouldn't want you to be like, I, no, I, I, no, I, like, I appreciate. That. I wouldn't want I to say be like, hey, and then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Here? No, I, that's one of the things I appreciate about you. You're very aware. Like yesterday, all day, you were like. I'm, let me know if you want me to just walk away if you need some time to yourself. And I'm like, actually, it's really helpful that people are talking to me right now, so yeah. I don't have time to get in my own head because I was the most nervous I've ever been yet all day yesterday. It came in waves where I have to sit down for a second and let it pass, and then I get back up and be myself again. It's so funny. I want to talk about that. I know you probably have to. You probably have to do your. Well, we'll I'll do the spiel. We'll talk about that in a second. I do want to say thank you because a lot of people, and this is why I like this guy. That's why I love this gentleman right here. Aww. It's because a lot of people say, "Hey, I'm going to come out for something." They don't follow up. They never follow up. Every single time. I'm one of those people, by the way. Because one time he invited me on the Dungeons & Dragons show they do, and I was like, I totally want to come. And then he followed up, and I ghosted on him. But you follow up, and you actually follow through. And that's important. No, that's thanks. important. Yeah. It is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Kind of Funny Morning Show comes to you right into your earbuds and ocular cavities. Uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I got Kevin with that one. I just saw Kevin look over me. I'm like, did he, did he say ocular cavities? That's right. I stole that from him, so I married an axe murderer. Uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time each and every day here at twitch.tv slash games. It's a live show. We do it live for the chat. For you people in the chat, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to the subscribers. We'll do all that jazz. But guess what? Also, we put it on YouTube because we also like doing things that are pas we're passionate about but then scrape off that sweet, sweet scrilla. They like to be right in the middle there. And so if you guys uh, aren't fortunate enough to be able to watch this as a live show, come on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, like it, and leave a comment. I love responding with little snarky remarks like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I'm Nick. I'm better than all of this <laughs> shit. Don't fucking correct me. Anyway, um, 
Go over to YouTube. That also we're on iTunes. All that jazz. Yada yada yada. A couple fun housekeeping things. Of course, today's episode of the kind of fun morning is Kevin Gunn. There he is. It pops up. A kind of fun morning show is brought to you by kindoffunny.com slash store. You can get all this fun merch, including that cool new hoodie, Kev. Pop that bad boy up, which we all have. And I'll be honest with you, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Now uh, they're only selling small right now, but. We are uh, in the midst of getting the rest of the things pre-ordered. It's all pre-ordered right now, so we're yeah. trying to fill another order. Once that happens, keep checking back. We will get more sizes up uh, for pre-order, and then they'll ship out to you. But they're really, really fun. And if small is the only option, maybe gastric bypass. That's true. <laughs> maybe do, do some bone shaving. You got a couple. Yeah, you got a couple. You could do bone shaving, uh, gastric bypass. Or you can just buy the sweatshirt for someone who is a small and give them the gift. That's true too. Or you can do the, they call it the reverse Gattaca, where they go in and they cut segments of your bone out and sandwich it together. That sounds horrible. Make it smaller. You know, I've actually considered (laughs) getting like the bones broken and pushed up so I can get just just up to 5'10". That's all I want, two inches. 5'10", yeah. It's a good height. Just want to be a little taller than my wife for once. In my life. Uh, huge thanks to everyone that came out last night, by the way. We're going to be talking, our, our deep dive topic today will be the experience of what it's like to do my first show at a real comedy club, and it doesn't get any more real in Cobb's Comedy Club, as I discovered last night. Um, but thanks to everyone that came out. A lot of people really made it out, and that means a lot to me. It was awesome. It made me look really big to everyone that was there. They're like, who the fuck, why the fuck are there like 50 people here to see you right now? And I'm like, because that is how kind of funny it gets down. That is how kind of funny it gets down. So thanks for that. A couple more comedy dates coming up for me. Uh, I'll be at Milk Bar in the Upper Hate this Sunday for the one-year anniversary of the Late Mike. So if you guys are anywhere in the SF area, it's at 9 p.m. Show starts at 9 p.m. There will be an open mic afterward, but I'm part of the showcase prior to that. So you guys want to come out, start the weekend right uh, the way God intended for you to with <laughs> booze, then, uh, then let's do that. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, check back for updates on that. And then, of course, on the 20th, I'm happy to say that I will be... Uh, Opening for Mike Drucker with his show Shit Arcade. That is where comedians play bad video games and make fun of them. Uh, he has invited me to be a part of that, so I'm going to do a little five-minute set so you guys can come see that. It's part of Sketchfest, uh, which is super exciting. If you don't know Sketchfest, it's like a week of cool, fun shit happening in San Francisco under the banner of Sketchfest. Uh, Drucker was up last year for it. I saw him, and I was like, it's actually one of the things. When I saw him on stage, I was like, that was the inspiration for me thinking, like, maybe I want to do this. Maybe yeah. I want to be a stand-up. Because uh, Drucker did it, and he made it look, fucking Drucker made it look easy. He got up, and he did it, and I was like, oh, it's, Drucker just makes everything look easy. Then I did it, and I shit the bed for a year straight. Yeah, talented, shit it. talented people are the worst in that way. God, I hate them. They make a hard <laughs> thing look so easy, and it's Those like, bastards. you fucker. <sighs> also, fun, coming up, next week, uh, MCU in review. We did The Hulk. We did Iron Man. Next week, Iron Man 2. If you guys want to watch it, uh, our, our review of that is going up on Tuesday at 9 a.m., so watch it prior to that. Otherwise, massive spoilers for a movie that's 10 years old will be happening. <laughs> are you guys doing a ranking system as you, yes. as you do? You are, yeah. Well, there's two. Who's, who's winning right now? Right now, Iron Man. Yeah, well, Iron Man number one. Two. Okay. Iron Man 1 is at the top. Yeah. Hulk is number two. Not a hard choice there. No. The Incredible Hulk, not and a hard choice. The, this is the this Ed, Ed Norton, Norton version. Okay. Yeah. No. So next is going to be Iron Man 2. My prediction is that Iron Man 2 is going to bump the Incredible Hulk down one. But yeah. I could be wrong. I'll tell you something about Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I fell asleep in it. Whoa. To this day, I don't know what Iron Man 2 is about. You know what? I know, me, it, had, uh, I know it had I'll Mickey top, Rourke in it. I'll top level it for you. Okay. I know it had Wild Orchid in it. Iron Man. Yeah. Fights another version of himself, basically. Okay. And wins. Oh, good for him. Yeah. No, Nick, yeah. you're thinking about Iron Man 1. 
I did see Iron Man. Uh, I'm also thinking about Iron Man too. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he fights seen, multiple versions of himself in that one because they make a bunch of the robots yeah. that float around. Have you seen it? No, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I'm okay. excited. Um, I mean, I've seen Iron Man two a couple times. Yeah. I like Iron Man two. I yeah. like Iron Man three. I like them all. You I like, like Iron Man three? Yeah. Sure I'm excited to rewatch Iron Man three. Even You'll like it. It's a, it's I, a buddy I cop. It movie. When I went to Paris. Did you? Yeah. Well, you just watched it. You just went to Paris. Yeah. There you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to give a tip to us and say something, please cue those up. We read tips at the $5 or above level. Uh, Jeff is here. He'll answer any question you ask him. I will. If, including if he doesn't know the answer to it. He will just answer it. I don't know I've known the answer that, to any question ever. Who cares? <laughs> In this day and age, who cares about the truth? We don't care. Yeah. Right? It's hey, my name's not even Nick Scarpino. <laughs> Some jokes on you. I'm Dan Philipson. <laughs> I just totally fucking made that bullshit name. Ted Farnsworth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first news story, Kev, bring this up. Uh, Venom, first look at Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and full Brazil Comic-Con panel video IGN first. Uh, Terry Swartz writes, uh, all month long IGN first. This is, just scroll down. This is, I guess, Tom Hardy <laughs> as Eddie Brock. This is the first official look at him, and he looks a whole lot uh, like Tom Hardy. Can I say something? You sure can. I I wish that I were at l- I'm, I'm straight. I wish that I were at least bisexual. Yeah. I think life would be more interesting if I were gay. Were uh, bisexual would be great because I would have such a, a larger dating pool now that I'm doing that. But every time I look at Do- Tom Hardy, I don't know what it is. I think, I want that guy to fuck me. Yeah. I do. Yeah. You don't want to fuck. You don't want to fuck Tom Hardy. I don't want to fuck him. I don't think. I think he and like, I would both look at him and be like, "Really?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll bend over." Just, like I want. There's something uh, magnetic about that guy. <laughs> He's a good-looking motherfucker. My wife really likes Tom Hardy. Yeah. Because she likes his voice and his general demeanor. Mm-hmm. And she one time was like, "You should, you should consider cutting your hair like Tom Hardy." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, I'm not Tom Hardy." Okay, he's far more successful and tall than I am. Uh, this story reads, with the upcoming Venom, uh, Sony is branching out from the studio's, I'm sorry, Universal, Universal Marvel characters with a darker take on the iconic Marvel anti-hero. Details in the movie have been kept top secret with a close set and only a few behind-the-scenes images. That's why IGN is thrilled to offer the exclusive first off- official still from the movie, which shows Tom Hardy as the main character, Eddie Brock, in the upcoming film. Check out the photo below and click through to get a closer look at the full-sized image. Here's what I love about the story. I love Terry, by the way, and I love TheEgan.com. I would consider working there one day, but I don't know if they'll hire me. Um, this could have been a picture from any Tom Hardy movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you could have been like, this. I mean, it, like, if you showed me this picture and said, Nick, what is this from? I would be like, Inception? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know? Like, I know it's not Dunkirk because he didn't get out of the fucking plane the entire time until the very end. So, but are you saying what are we supposed to glean from this exclusive? We're gleaning photo? nothing from yeah. this other than page clicks is what we're getting from yeah. this. Yeah. So um, he appears literate. He, d- I mean, maybe we don't yeah. know. Maybe he's maybe he's blind. Maybe he's reading. Maybe that's Braille. <laughs> he could be Who going, the fuck knows? What does this say? Yeah, I don't. Excuse me. <laughs> I never learned to read. I'm Eddie Brock, even though I think I work for a newspaper. If I remember my, I think he's a, was he a photographer. Who the fuck? He's knows? a football player. I thought was he? I don't remember. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember. Well, maybe he is illiterate then. Maybe he got so many <laughs> knocks in the head and he just can't remember the letter fucking A. What is this one? What does it start with? The alphabet. Uh, <laughs> God, they cannot be gold. Uh, are you excited? <laughs> are you excited at all for Venom in any way, shape, or form? I guess. All right. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I grew up. I have. I still have. I have 
a storage unit in Austin with 10,000 comic books in it. Sure you do. I bought my first comic that, that, book. That so makes sense for you. Does it? Yes. I imagine you have multiple storage units with multiple <laughs> things in them. I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. I like to imagine that you're like um, Nicolas Cage from the end of uh, Lords of War, where he's just got, he walks into his like. <laughs> it's a great movie, by the way. He walks into his, uh, Lord of War, I think it was Lord of War. He walks into that, 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 the bin and he's got the multiple passports, weapons, all yeah, sorts yeah. of things in there, but just for fun. I actually have the Ark of the Covenant. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I don't like to talk Fantastic. about it. Fantastic. Um, let's, uh, let's open that up in front of Kevin, see what happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have like 10,000 comic books. I, my, my first comic book when I was six was an Incredible Hulk, and he was fighting the leader. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And then I bought comic books every day of my life until I was maybe probably 30. Yeah. I still, even though I don't read comics very much anymore, I still consider myself like steeped in that world. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I... I'm just I, I just they they all the comic book movies run together to me now. Yeah. It's just like it's just like yeah. It's like a stew of of my childhood being revisited over and over again and it was amazing to eat from that stew over and over mm-hmm. again and now it's just like now you don't want it anymore. I, it's not that I don't want it. It's just like it's just all the same. My mom so I'm used as to excited make, about Venom as I am about any other comic book movie. Back in the I'll day. See it. My mom used to make this giant like pot of this thing she called Jumbot, which is like this weird, <laughs> I don't know why she got Jumbot. this recipe. I don't know why she got this recipe. <laughs> it is like a Creole stew, stew uh-huh. that's like spicy with potatoes and stuff in it. But my mom, who loves to cook but doesn't like to waste, would make a fucking pot this big, I shit you not, this mm. big, enough for probably half a platoon in an army. Yeah. And then she would freeze it, and I'd have to eat that thing. And it was really good, and I loved it. Sure. And I would have to eat it. But on day 16. All the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, my God. And then by the time, by, by the time like, the third month came around, and she was like, it was like every Tuesday, I was like, don't fucking say that word again. She's like, it's jump bot night. And I'm like, I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm going to Taco Bell. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm, I'm starting to feel with a lot of it. Not the main Marvel canon. And honestly, I'm actually really intrigued with DC because it's like a train wreck over and over again in slow motion, and who doesn't like that? Um, but some of these ancillary movies, some of these side movies, like Venom, I don't, sorry. Not doing it for you? We'll see. Do we even know what universe that's in? Is this Marvel Cinematic Universe? It's Sony? Because if it isn't, fuck off, Sony. I can't remember. I can't remember what's canon and what's not canon. Is it? We'll see. People in the channel let us know. Let us know if this Venom movie is canon for the Homecoming world. I think it would. I I think they were saying it's not. Which, it would be really interesting if it's just a one-off. Like, hey, here's a Venom story. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, Kev, bring this next story up, please. I just like saying this director's name. Gore Verbinski pulls off of Gambit movie. This is exclusive over at Deadline.com. Gore Verbinski, who has come aboard to direct the long in the works X Men spinoff Gambit, is pulling off of the 20th century. He's pulling off of it. Yeah, it's a weird pull off statement. Of pull, out, you pull out of it. You pull out of it. But I think they don't want. Oh, yeah, pulled yeah, out. Probably. That's probably what they're like. Don't put pull out because people will think it's a sexual term, and then they'll be like, "Hey, that's not cool," and then they'll have to fucking. And then Deadline will go away because they fucking <laughs> said like, something bad. Gore Verbinski rolled over, pulled up his shorts. And went to the bathroom on the Gambit yeah, movie. Yeah, just took a shit on the Gambit movie. Uh, it's pulling off of, you know, I'm going to fix that for you. It's pulling out of the 20th Century Fox <laughs> movie. This was an amicable split we hear owing to scheduling issues with several other projects on the director's plate. Channing Tatum remains aboard as the lead role. Again, another one of these moments where, well, for 20th Century Fox, is very weird because they're in a weird place where they just sold all the rights. Yeah. They've got these movies in development. You have to think on some level, some Disney execs like, just got taken aim of Gambit, taken aim of the Kitty Pride movie that we reported on last week, and they're just like, Kah! Kah! yeah, it's kind of Lee Harvey Oswald, those motherfuckers, <laughs> you know. Oh, 
I mean, like, do we want, do, I love Channing Tatum. I'm actually a big fan of Gore Verbinski, too. Yeah. Um, I would watch this movie. Do I expect it to be good? You want to see fucking Channing Tatum run around throwing playing cards with a French accent? I want to see Channing Tatum just do a French accent. Everything yeah. else there is icing on the cake, sir. I like Channing Tatum as well, but holy shit. <laughs> Doesn't that sound? Channing Tatum, by the way, is one of those, is those few people who I, I mean, I really admire this guy because when he started acting, he was less than horrible. Yeah. When he did that movie with his then, I, I don't think he had, was dating her then, but now she's his wife, where he was a dancer, but he also was a janitor. Step, what is it called? Step, step, step up. up. Step up. Uh, I, I saw it recently. Uh, Jenna Dewan. Yes. Yeah. I love them. They're a great couple, but he was. That seems like true love. Absolutely. <laughs> well, is, you know, is there such a thing? We don't know. We'll go into that. We'll check back with you later. Um, he was absolutely atrocious. Oh, yeah. But to his credit, he realized that and, and and admitted so much on press lines. He was like, I realize I'm not a good actor. I'm just happy people like me. And he worked on his craft. And he, I think he took a lot of acting lessons. And he's much better now than he used to be. He's a fairly funny dude, too. Fun, great comedic timing. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of those guys where, like, we were looking at him as a sex symbol or potentially to be an action star. But when he when he hit 21 Jump Street, everyone's like, no, 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 bro. You're going to Alec Baldwin this. Yeah. You're not who you think you are. You are a comic actor. You are mm-hmm. a comedic actor. Just go full tilt into that, and we've really enjoyed that. And when he when he showed up and fucking th- uh, this is it, this is the end. Yeah, where he was the gimp. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> I was like Channing Tatum, you fucking won me, you won me. So I'll give you this Channing Tatum, I'll give you Gambit, Remy LeBoo, or whatever the the character's Remy, real name Remy is. Oh my god, Mon cher. I fucking can I say that's the internet. I fucking hate Gambit. I just I just made a Lee Harvey Oswald joke. <laughs> it doesn't get any more. I don't know why. For the first time in my professional career, I thought, "Can I swear?" Yeah, I don't man. know why. It took me fifteen years. Hey, Kevin's got uh, the button. He'll bleep you out. We're live. I fucking I hate Gambit. What? I think There's Gambit's no the button. dumbest character. Gambit's the most like like Wolverine's popularity is waning. We need a new thing. We designed this in a lab. What a kids like kind of character. Like a focus, like Gambit to me is like a focus grouped character. Yeah, he definitely is. Well, he's like, he's got the cool suit, but a trench coat over it. Why? No reason. He's got the spiky hair. He's got an accent. He's from the Thieves Guild. I liked him in. Thieves or whatever. He was the Dead of Thieves? No. Thieves Guild, you're right. Yeah. I liked him in the 93 cartoon, though. Because if you remember, part, like I didn't realize this until I was way older, mm-hmm. but the cartoon was just a soap opera, and it was this weird love <laughs> yeah. triangle between yeah. there was a love, there was there was there was Wolverine and Cyclops vying for Jean, Jean Grey, Grey. Yeah. and then Gambit was all up on Rogue in the cartoon, right? And she was like, "I can't have you because I can't touch you," and he was always like, "Mon cherie, I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to to wet my chicory stick." <laughs> In that sweet, sweet honey pudding. I don't know how they wrote the, the words. Oh, you know, that's a direct quote. But uh, I just, I remember thinking like, dude, and they all, they, the way they drew both, all the characters were like, just jacked. Just jacked and voluptuous on both sides of the, of the line. Just as the real world, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, if I saw... It's like if you and I popped our shirts off right now. Yeah, we'd look exactly like that. In fact, if you want to see me with my shirt off, go to my Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, because now I have to post a lot of those. And it's my nightmare. It was literally, I was, I was nervous. I didn't do myself any favors yesterday. I had a great day. Two actual bucket list things that I wanted to do. One, perform at a real comedy club, do yeah. a real set at a real comedy club, and that's what I did last night. And again, not to beat you guys over the head with that, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Two, I have never had the balls to take my shirt off on camera or post a picture of myself shirtless until yesterday. And I looked over. Don't clap. It's disgusting. No, I'm proud I, of you. It's, it's, like, it's gross, I, but thank like, you. You're not joking. Like, you've I'm never... Not. Like we've had it. things where like you can find really pictures funny. of us 
where like people are like, hey, let's take our shirts off, and everyone takes their shirt off, and then I'm the fucking fat kid in the pool <laughs> who's swimming around with my shirt. I'm just like, I don't want to do it. It's I, it's and it's a stupid. It's stupid. It is fucking dumb. So that's why I want. I'm like, I'm just gonna destroy this in my brain right now. I don't. Fu- it, this is dumb. This is a dumb phobia. This is a stupid thing to be scared of. Nobody out there is expecting me to look to magically take my shirt off and be Chris Hemsworth. So why am I putting that unreal expectation on myself? Long story short, thank you, Kev. Thank you. That just put it right back on my shoulders. Um, long story short. I didn't do myself any favors yesterday by doing those two fucking things that terrify me at the same time. And I can't remember where I was going with that, so let's just go into the next news story. <laughs> it was Bucket List Day. Bucket List Day. Thursday. It was Bucket List Day. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Kev. We have one more story in the middle of that I skipped. Sorry, uh, this is great news. This I'm actually excited about. Ryan Reynolds, if you don't follow him on Twitter, has, has tweeted out this picture as soon as it's up. There I it saw is. That, yeah. May 18th. Yeah. Maximum effort. With that fucking badass katana blade. What does it say on it? Arthur. <laughs> I don't know why. Is that is that a, is that something that you know? You're you're a lexicon. I, you have a I lexicon. don't I don't know I don't get it now. Uh, B Arthur. B Arthur. That's kind of funny. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that I was is surprised. fucking hilarious. You got to be kidding me. I was surprised to find out the other day that my mom is a big fan of the Deadpool movie. That <laughs> creeps me out. That's, I don't know why. That's like, I don't know if she just says my mom wants to fuck Ryan Reynolds or just like. Silver robot muscle men, or I don't know what it is. Now, 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 here's the thing, Ryan. If you're watching, uh, don't don't just take this at face value. We talked about Tom Hardy, uh-huh. right? He's one of those guys. Ryan Reynolds is another one of those guys that if if the stars aligned, I would not be ashamed of uh, experimenting with this guy. Having said that, though, I feel like you know, I feel like he's going to be the softer touch. I don't want to fuck a man funnier than me. I feel good like point. that's all I got. Good point. Ryan Reynolds, I, it's, it's, it bugs the shit out of me anytime somebody really good looking is also funny. Yeah, it's annoying. Uh, Stop it. Yeah. It's like, you get one, you can't get two. Why? Yeah, that's not fair. No. Like, what about the rest of us? Fuck. Yeah, leave some for the rest of us. But he's got a big dick, too. Hey, Joey, what's going on? Oh, you were talking about 50 voices. Uh, yeah, which one? Who, uh, top, top line it for me. Tom Hardy or Ryan, or Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds, if you had to pick. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Really? Reynolds. Why is that? 100%. Tom Hardy doesn't do it for me. Hmm. I can see that though. He's he's kind of like a polarizing do. It's like do or don't, right? Yeah, There's no in between. Where you're like he's fine. He's not. Ryan Reynolds. He's got. He's super hot. He he's got the acting chops and he's funny. He's got like a. He's got, I he also love that he's got. I don't know if it's still this case, but for a while there, he had a really good relationship with his wife. Oh yeah, he and Blake. Wait, Lively which one? Blake Lively. Blake Lively. He have you seen all the shit he posts about mm-hmm. her? It's it's it reminds me of you. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's so like. He, I, I, th- I forget one post, he was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like when he won something and he was like, I'm so happy to spend, and it's a picture of him and his wife, he's like, I'm so happy to share this moment with the most important person in my life, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, they just fuck with each other back and forth. Also, I think they have kids now, they're probably adorable. I'm just glad that he found true love after it didn't work out with ScarJo. Because they were married Scar ScarJo just rips through people. She though. does. She dude. can't be held down. Anyone she wants? Uh, she's with, oh, I know. She's with Colin Jost from Who's SNL. Colin Jost? He's the guy that does the nightly news on SNL, oh, like really? he and Michael Che. How much do you watch SNL still? Because you're a huge SNL fan. I watch every episode. Really? It's actually, uh, it's one of the bonding things. He's very funny, by the way. Uh, fuck, again, fuck this guy. Fuck him. I know. Fuck Perfect you. hair. Colin Yost. Kevin, give me the one. We can't do that anymore, but I just like saying it. Fuck you, Colin Yost. You're gorgeous. You got. The hair. It's annoying. His says, hair bugs me. The hair me every says, I, I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm frivolous. Yeah. I'm fun filled and frivolous. I have a boyish charm. I'm youthful. 
Yeah. Fuck you, Colin Yost, for being talented, good-looking, and beautiful. I totally agree. But to answer your question, I watch... Uh, Millie and I, uh, we watch SNL. I study comedy, uh, almost like homework. Yeah. Uh, not that I've learned anything from it ever. I'm just hoping like through osmosis, so like I'll accidentally develop some sort of comedic timing. I think you probably but have developed very good comedic timing over it's, the years. Uh, it's, where, it's, where, it's one of the bonding moments that Millie and I have where uh, every Sunday morning, we will get up and we will watch like first thing in the if I if so you, she's with you me, tape it. we tape it and it. Uh, or we watch it on Hulu and we will sit down and we'll watch SNL and we'll talk about like what's funny and what's not funny and why that worked why that didn't work and she doesn't realize she's doing it but she's studying it too yeah. which I think is great for her and I love to have those conversations with her where she's like oh my god Melissa McCarthy was hilarious in that set and in that scene and we're like well what was funny about it and then we'll go do like a deep dive on it it's like it is one of the like. It's one of the things I look forward to in my life every week is like getting to have that hour and a half with Millie where we just uh, we fast forward through the music <laughs> to get to the nightly news and yeah. Do you feel like do you ever feel like on some level like maybe this is subconscious or maybe it's conscious that you're training her to be like a superstar? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do that on purpose. Okay, she's my cool. retirement plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, Remember when Daddy was good to you? Yeah, cheddar. Be like, give me some of that cheddar. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you're really funny in that movie or show or podcast, whatever you did. I'm like, that's uh, that's 80 percent me. Yeah, you're I, welcome. I tell her all the time, like she'll make a face at me or whatever, and it'll be like me, or she'll sarcastic me back to me, and I'm like, first off, I'm, I fucking do that better than you, yeah. so watch it. Yeah. But second, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. You didn't, just so you know, I say this all the time, like, yeah, that little face you made right there, you didn't come up with that. That was me. You're a thief. <laughs> That's fine. Genetically, you're allowed to have it, but, uh, you know, credit where credit's due. Right, right. Don't ever forget. See, and, and she'll never know that you stole it from probably your parents. No, no, I so didn't. She'll everything. never know that. She'll never figure that one out. She'll think you're the innovator. You're the originator of all great ideas, yeah. all things perfect. Um, that's nice. I watched uh, Molly's Game. Oh, was it good? It's With really Jessica good. Chastain? Yeah, I'm not, not to draw any parallels between uh, between the, the, the father-daughter relationship and that and you guys, but it, it, they have a great touching scene toward the end of it mm-hmm. where they talk about it because he drove her really hard to be a champion yeah. and all these things, and she obviously resents him for it, and yada, yada. Not that I'm saying that you were... No, I'm like, definitely... I'm like the Allison the well, Janney like, of Like, right now, time, Millie's yeah. doing fucking squats right now, like, dad's she's, watching, dad's she's watching. She's running, running through the woods with, like, dog food on her back. Yeah, she's, she's killing it. Um, but no, I, I always find that fascinating because you do have to skate that line between, like, letting your child be a child, I would imagine, but yeah. then also pushing them toward things that you know that they're going to want or be passionate about eventually, but their kids... So maybe they just want to fuck off? I don't know. Well, and, and also letting him do what's interesting to him. Like Millie, and I've talked about this at, at length in Rooster Teeth stuff, but Millie goes to uh, a, a very difficult to get into magnet school in Austin that you have to apply to get into. And she had to do like uh, auditions and write essays and get letters of recommendation from teachers and principals. It was a whole process. So it's like going to a non-state school college. Awesome. It was crazy. Uh, and it's a it's a fucking math and science school, and I'm like, there's a performing arts school we could I could get you in, and she actually applied as a safety school because you have to have a safety school for a middle school in Austin. So we're at now, ladies. And, yeah, gentlemen. yeah. She actually had two. My middle and, school, by the way, I went to because it was close to my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> it's how, fucking bizarre. That's how I was at. And uh, and I'm like, that's how much my parents cared. She was like, you're going to the one that's closest, so you can walk to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, gas, right. ain't, gas ain't cheap. Yeah. Uh, and so and I'm like, dude, performing arts school, performing arts, and she's like, oh, I think I want to go to the math and science school, and I'm like. I mean, I support you in all things you do, so uh, sure, go to the math and science school, but that's all on you, buddy. This is the moment Daddy stops helping you with schoolwork yeah, and homework. I can't help you with AP Daddy, Yeah, Daddy failed uh, 11th and 12th grade math and science. Daddy mm-hmm. almost didn't graduate from high school because of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we have reached the point in the sixth grade where you are, you're outpacing me on knowledge, <laughs> and 
<laughs> You're like, I thought this point would come a little bit later, yeah, but uh, I'm like, I'll be there Sunday morning for to watch SNL, and yeah. we, we'll do that. But uh, I mean, she'll. I, you can the, take that integer, and yeah. I don't buy that whatever a child does in the sixth grade necessarily has to resonate. Through. I mean, she sure. could she could course correct <laughs> yes. at some point and be like, oh, math is not for me. But she does. You do. You did tell her that math is not fun. I did. I was like, dude, we say math is the worst. At Rooster Teeth for a reason. Yeah. It's a mantra. It's horrible. Yeah. And she likes it. Ugh. It's one of the, she's got like a 98 in it. This would break for my Christ's heart. Sake. This would break my heart. She did, she's in a physics class in the sixth grade. I would literally be such a shit about this that when she opened up her physics book, it would be, fu- I would just put a comic book in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, no, you're, no, you're not studying for this. Yeah. You burn her physics book. And no, and when we do homework, you know, she's like, oh, I need to learn all the, I need to learn all the countries in the Middle East. I'm like, on it. Let's get the cards out. Let's learn. I'd, mm-hmm. we, I'm into social studies and geography and history. That shit. We can do that. Uh, and then she goes, like, she's reading Ender's Game for school right now. And I'm like, I'm all about it. It's, it's amazing. Book. I wish I'd read it in the sixth grade. And uh, I mean, we did have, talk, have a talk about the subtle racism in it. Sure. But, uh, yeah. but then she's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble. Card. <laughs> I'm having, I'm having trouble like determining the diameter of this, of the pie of the, f- whatever the fuck this is. And I'm like, well, let's go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's when you. That's when you want to be like. That's when you want to be really good friends with like Neil deGrasse Tyson, so you can just call him up and be like, "Can you? Uh, hey, like you just have a casual. Like, hey man, how you doing? How, you want you want to get some coffee sometime? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just ah, oh, it's crazy, man. I was just wondering if you could. Uh, Hold on, man. Do you know what the? You ever had to like get the diameter of pi? Yeah, like uh, you heard about these, uh, you know, these fractions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy man, I was just having this crazy conversation about fractions with my buddy Nick the other day. Hey, so the, say, alligator, Neil. the alligator eats the big number. The li- I- <laughs> He's like, Jeff, I'm not doing your daughter's homework for you. Go away. I just want to be in a world where I can call up Neil deGrasse Tyson. Sure, yeah, don't we all? Just to be like, what's up, man? That's another one. Like, smart dude, uh, engaging dude. Interesting to watch. Cosmos, the re- Cosmos reboot was awesome. And when I see him, he has he actually has a he has a, a radio show on Sirius that I listen to sometimes. It's super interesting. And then you see the photos of him like in college when he was like a bodybuilder, and you're like, "Fuck you, oh, okay. man!" He has be, a, be more Stephen Hawking. He's you know? got the presentation oh, and the comedic timing of a stand-up. He does, but he's yeah. so smart, and that's what I love about where we're at as a society and with media right now is that you can be a guy who's really into space and be really. Yeah. Because you're good at presenting that in a way that is entertaining and consumable to complete fucking turd knockers like me. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what a quasar is, but when he talks about it, I'm like, I want to go to that. Yeah. I want to go to the quasar. I'm going to buy that book he recommended yeah. so it can sit on my shelf. Yeah, I'm never going to yeah. read it. No, I started listening to, uh, what's this podcast called? Um, uh, I can't remember. I, it's obviously very I'm famous. fucking smarter What's, than you with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I started listening to that, and I about halfway through, I was like, this is fucking fascinating. But yeah. my brain wanders. Yeah. Because I'm like, ah, I'll start thinking about simpler shit. Mm-hmm. Like Taco Bell. <laughs> but he's awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep your tips. We'll read those in a second. Right now, we're going to go into the deep dive topic. Uh, last night was a great night for me. Not the least of which was because I had all of my friends, all my family in SF. Uh, my, my, my brothers from Austin came in. Uh, we, I was able to um, do what I wanted to do, which was uh, when I started stand-up, my goal was to be comfortable and have fun on stage. And I think I succeeded in that last night. Well, I know I, I had fun on stage, so I definitely succeeded in that mm-hmm. last night. And people told me that I looked comfortable. Uh, but if you guys don't know, I did Cobb's Comedy Club last night. Um, that was the first time I've ever done a big comedy club. And I had been working up to this for a year, and one of my friends who's booked me on other things knows I can bring people, was very candid with me, and was like, look, I'm book- I want you to come on this for a couple of reasons. One, I think you're funny. Yeah. And I was like, thank you for 
lying to me right now. Sure, yeah. Uh, and he goes, two, and probably more importantly, uh, I think you can bring people. So if you can bring people, I'll book you on the show. And he had talked to me about that a month ago and uh, was like, it's at Cobbs. And I'm like, this is this is this is gonna be this is gonna be something for me. This is the next level. For I, me. I walked around and looked at all the framed photos yeah, of all the comedians that have been there. Still yeah. on that stage, right? And you're getting guys like you know the first one I saw was Norm Macdonald. You, I mean, this is a real comedy club. Mm-hmm. This is people. Bill Bellamy was there last week. Yeah. Um, I think Bill Burr was doing it. Janine Garofalo was there like a, a week or two ago. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. So at so I'm like I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this um, for a number of reasons, not the least of which because they have a green room with tea in it. Which is great. <laughs> I've never been in a green room before. I've never been invited to be in a green room before. I've never been uh, treated as a real comedian before with a bunch of other comedians. And uh, it was every bit as exciting as you could think. And I was every bit as annoying as you would think. Yeah. I was like, hey, you're having a great time. And the people that do this for a living are like, you need to take it down five yeah. notches, sir. Uh, this I get that you're Jojo the Idiot Circus Boy right now, but like I've been doing this for 10 years and like this is just a gig for me. Um, but it was cool because you obviously have an interest in this from both a personal uh, business and Skrill, uh, that, that sweet, nasty Skrilla mm-hmm. uh, portion of it. Um, you talked about potentially maybe doing through RT Docs a documentary on stand-up. And you said yesterday, I was like, hey, I'm going to an open mic to just get out some of the nerves beforehand. And you were like, I'd like to come with you because I'd like to see this process. And I'm like, you don't understand it's going to be terrible. Like it's going to be a tiny little place that's run down. And by the way, it was hilarious because you know, in San, this place is in Daly City, not quite San Francisco. But this is how, this is how different this place was. We go. It's called Shugs. It's like this little kind of like a like a like a social club. I guess. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I ordered a bottle of water and a diet coke. Right. <laughs> now, everywhere else in San Francisco, that would have been at least ten dollars. Am I right, cool, Greg? Hell yeah. Diet coke at that fucking bar we were at the other day, and a bottle of water I got it for like fifteen bucks. Man. Three dollars. Three dollars. And I, uh, I, I ordered a, you really, you want something? I'm gonna get a water. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a, I guess I'll take a Diet Coke. And lady goes, excuse me? Yeah. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll take a diet, diet Coke. Do you get diet, diet whatever? And she goes, I'll, I, uh, look, yeah. I get it. I, like nobody has ever been asked <laughs> for a Diet Coke in that. And she found me one, and then I was drinking it, and I realized it was a caffeine-free Coke. Caffeine-free Diet Coke, which is in the gold can. Yeah. Uh, which they're not fooling anybody with that gold, by the way. No. And uh, I thought to myself, I haven't seen one of these in 15 years. Yeah, that's, I don't think they make them anymore. Yeah. I'm like, how long has that been in there? And you were like, don't ask that question. Yeah. Let's just let's, drink let's it. not worry about it. Also, uh, on a side note, caffeine-free Diet I love Diet Coke. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Diet Coke fan. I'm trying not to drink it these days. I haven't had one since the new year. But caffeine-free Diet Coke does not taste the same. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good at all. Yeah. You need that caffeine. Um, so what was your perception of that? Because I know you had some thoughts on, on that process. You well, were, like, I, I, by the way, thank you for hanging out with me all day because I think it really helped my nerves. Oh, I was, like, good. I was about to like, shit myself. I was, I was super, I was honestly, and I thank you for being so uh, welcoming uh, with, the, with that day because I know it was a big day for you. That was, that was I assume your biggest. I mean, probably Kind of Funny Live Three. You performed with a lot of people. Kind of Funny Live Three was cheating, though. Yeah, it, it is uh, cheating. Kind of yeah. Funny Live Three was I. I. I just that's that's like doing a fucking family dinner party. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, if, like you, I, kids... I didn't care if I bombed. Like my goal was just to go out there and like say hello to the people that I was. I mean, by the fucking front row, I knew everyone. Yeah. So that's not that was cheating. So I was super self conscious about like I don't. I mean, everybody's process is different. I definitely have. Uh, a routine that I go through before I do a big panel mm-hmm. at an RTX or wherever where I'm going to talk to 4,000 people. And it's super comfortable and I've done it a million times, but there's still like a process I have to go through about starting about 20 to 30 minutes before getting on stage where I just have to get myself in the right headspace. Yeah, you got to get head to, and, right. and a lot of things, it's just like like the mechanics of like what do I want to talk about? Uh, what controversy do we have? 
going on at Rooster Teeth right now that well, like that like what's the worst question somebody could ask me? How right. am I going to handle? I don't want to be caught off guard, so I have to like you know go through all the different permutations. You don't want to have like, to give the long um, and then right, right, looking right, right. for the right PR thing to say. And so I have to do like a lot of like mental housekeeping to get in the right place, and. Uh, and so I, I'm super like cognizant of that, and I didn't want to encroach upon that in any way. So that is a fucking nice sweater thing. What do you want, vacation? Oh, hi guys, I didn't see that. I was just walking through, and just seeing what's happening. I love that sweater. Yeah, uh, let me ask you this question. Do you know what this is called? No. I think it's called a tog. A tog. Or a tog. Yeah, tog. Somebody's making that up. Yeah, yeah like Kevin, look up tog. Kevin's not there. We'll never know. Digging through a wallet. <laughs> oh, and I base, a figure. I apologize. There you go. It's nice. Let's slash Greggy. There you go. I don't know. Kind of funny. Wow. I don't know. It's not bad. We, should, we should maybe reach out to Stitch Fix and see if they want to sponsor us. If they could just start sending me the stuff for free, it'd be great. But this is what I'm wearing. Kind of funny games daily, everybody. Thanks for the preview. Toggle? No, yeah, well, yeah, no, no, that's not it. That's, a, that's a lot of man right there. He is, and then some. <laughs> Greg's got enough man for two men. I'll just put it that way. So I was, I was super conscious about about like not encroaching upon that time for you, especially on what's you know the, your first time on that stage, your biggest like your biggest accomplishment in comedy thus far. Well, in the stand-up, I mean, because everything you do here is comedy, but in the this, oh, it's not supposed to be. I don't know. And, uh, we never really bothered to talk about it before. We just turned the cameras on and started. It's going. like I, 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 people are always like, "Yeah, remember simply so funny," and I'm like, eh, "It's a drama." Thank you. <laughs> uh, you just blew Tim's mind. <laughs> Tim sitting over there, he's like, "Wow, oh my God, I'm seeing it in a different light now." <laughs> so uh, it was it was illuminating and fascinating. I mean, it was cool to support a friend. That part's great, and it was cool from a business standpoint to watch the mechanics of it. But it was just fascinating to watch the process, which I thought was I think it speaks very highly of you. Uh, to me, the way you went about it and the way you did it. But yeah, it was it was so interesting to go from. Like, essentially what happened is you went to, you have this big showcase that you're finally on in a legit uh, comedy club where iconic luminaries in the comedic field have performed there, and still do. Mm -hmm. And what you did was we, you worked all day here. And I don't, I don't know if there's enough appreciation for that. It's like, I, it's, it's interesting because we talked to a lot of comedians, or we talked to a few comedians uh, at the open mic. Sorry if I'm rambling here, but we, we no, talked no, a few no. comedians at the open mic who are like, yeah, I just got off my job as an Uber driver, or I'm an accountant, or whatever it is I do. I'm an occupational therapist, uh, and then this is what I do. Uh, and it's so, it's, it's my creative outlet. It's what I do for fun. It's my dream, and I'm, I'm giving it a shot. And it's not that dissimilar from what you do all day long here, sitting in front of a microphone, talking to a crowd, trying to entertain them. Right. I mean, the format is different. Uh, here you have the benefit of an instilled audience base that's inclined to watch, to want to laugh. Um, and everybody knows who you are. You don't have to present yourself to them. Mm -hmm. And you have the help of funny people around you that you yeah. can play off of. I got big old Tim uh, Gettys over it's there. It's a very, the wings. absolutely. It's a very lonely, <clears throat> what I assume is a very lonely well, well, process to stand on stage by yourself. I've, I've done solo panels before, but it's not the same thing. And... Uh, so you, what you did was you went to this this open mic that was literally it was in this place that looked like it was designed in the '60s and it's still in the '60s. Yeah, last and I'm still drinking a fucking coke from the '60s. Last time by I went, it reeked of ant spray. It did. It it did. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, get a fucking headache. It was, and people were like, it was, I can't smell it anymore. Like you're dying. It was cold you're dying. as hell in there. I don't know it's if you crazy. noticed that. I did. I'm assuming it's because uh, heat is expensive. I don't know. Don't need that. Yeah. Put people in there. I just want yeah. to say that there's a bromance brewing here. And I would be jealous of anyone but but Jeff Ramsey here because he's mine. But seeing this seeing this happen before my eyes on camera, 
it's making me a little proud. Oh, I love it. We talked about this last time. Jeff and I, within five seconds of knowing each other, I was like, I love this man. Yeah, we were fast. Absolutely. I really like this guy. You're good for Nick. He is, but here, but you think so. But you didn't see us in the car yesterday. We have the we are the exact same person. We are old men who do not want to leave our house after like what sundown. It's true. We, Sun goes down, I want to be on my couch, bro. We, we bonded over our curmudgeonly ways. We are curmudgeons. Uh, and so you go to this to this open mic where the only people in the open mic are uh, Tony, the guy that's running the open mic, right. uh, the bartender, uh, who was a lovely lady, but you know is not steeped in the world of comedy or anything. Couldn't give a fuck. And then like <laughs> seven other com- comedians and me. And... Uh, and... Oh, the, the point I was making earlier was that you do this all day long, and so this is like, it's kind of exhausting, you yeah. know? I mean, the job in itself is exhausting, but then to go up and to do it, present it in another way in front of all these people, it's, it's, it's crazy, and I, I have a lot of respect for that. Um, but you have to perform in front of these people, seven or eight, and they're all kind of in the same boat. It's either they're like, wish fulfillment, it's the first time, they're scared as hell, or their second or the third time, and they're like chasing that high, and they, they're trying to figure it out, and if they're funny, and if they mm-hmm. can do it. And... Uh, or people that are trying to get ready for the next thing, right. and like the girl, you were the second person to go on, and the girl before you, uh, skinny girl, big pussy. She, I don't remember her name. Yeah, she, she, was, she had a joke about that. <laughs> it was half of her set. It was half of her set. I didn't see her. I didn't see her under a part at all. She no. that was her. Her name was Allison Hooker. She was she very a joke funny. About a gynecological joke that's hilarious. She was very funny, and then like she, she, she literally was like, "Thank you, boop," and was out the door, headed yeah. to. And it wasn't she wasn't being rude. She was out the door to the next thing. She has, yeah, her show started and, at like uh, seven thirty. It something was like interesting because it's such a welcome environment, but at the same time, you're you're performing against people that all want to be do what you're doing and all want to be funnier and better than you, you know, in mm-hmm. a sense. And so that that whole that that whole like dichotomy was so weird. And interesting. And then we finish, and you're looking at this. I don't know if you do this, but the entire time you're like this because you're. It's supposed to start at six. Yeah. You need to leave at six thirty because we have to race across town right. to get to the gig, right? And you, you, uh, and like it doesn't start till six thirty. Yeah, Tony right? comes in super late. This, by the way, this is a brand new mic because brainwash clothes. So we are trying to figure out what that is. Six thirty rolls around. I'm like, yeah, and I'm and like, I know that I want to get. I want to. If I'm gonna, have I, if I've got the nerves in me, I want to get them out yeah. now. I don't want to get them out because there's gonna, they're going to just refill, but let's empty the tank right now so that let them refill slowly over the night. I just need to hear. There's this weird thing that I do, though, where I'm like, I just need to hear my voice come out of a mic Yeah. before I go into the real thing. It's interesting. It's, I need, because when I'm, as I'm talking to you right now, my timing's different, mm-hmm. right? My delivery is different. Obviously, this is a different venue and a different style of what we're doing, but when I get up there, I need to feel that um, I, I need to switch my brain over to... This is my audience right now, mm-hmm. and they're looking at me, and they're hearing me, and I need to hear myself, and I need to be, have that confidence, and I need to get my, I just need to do my opener. Yeah. And then once I do my opener and I get that like, oh, okay, we're okay, we're gonna, we're gonna relax into this, and you're mine now, it's sort of that like uh, uh, a Rorschach mentality where it's like, you're, I'm not in here with you, you're here with me. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I like that. And that's something that I've been trying to do, and you can cultivate that very easily when there's six people there. Because I'm like, yeah. that's not intimidating at all, you're just six people. And I'm gonna talk to you. You prepared me. You're like, I'm gonna bomb. It's not gonna be funny. I'm not gonna be funny. You're gonna, you're gonna be like, well, holy shit. And a, you were funny. <laughs> but it was so interesting. Uh, it was funny, and it was, it was like, oh, Nick's funny, and that was funny, and the people before you were funny, and the la- the, the lady that went on. We, we stayed for like two seconds because you had to go pee, and I watched the, the next lady. <laughs> pee all the time. Yeah, and she. Well, we talked about that too. Like you get older, you piss constantly. You piss constantly. And uh, I'm peeing right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah. No. And. Uh, 
And then we like get in the car, and you're like, and I, I was trying not to I, I influence you in any way, provide feedback or anything, because I wanted, because I, I, you were working through stuff, and I didn't want to get in the way of that. But you were like, yeah, I didn't like the way I thought this fell flat. I didn't like the way I delivered this joke. Um, I think I should punch this up. I think I'm going to cut this. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I cut that. I, I thought it was okay. And you're like, you go through this process in your head, and I'm watching you reform what you just did. And then you went on stage, and you were an entirely different person. <laughs> than you were at that first comedy club. And I think a lot of that speaks to uh, the room you were in, you rose to the occasion, it was a much different environment. And I, it was really cool, and I guess a lot of people, I feel very fortunate to have had this experience, and I guess a lot of people won't do it, won't get that, and that's why part of why I would love to be able to do a documentary about this sometime, is I watched you change your act in the 15 minute car ride, uh, well we stopped at a Starbucks, maybe the 20 minute car ride, from the first gig to the main gig, and I just, it was fun to watch your brain just go and, the, and the, like convincing yourself like you had a bunch of Catholic stuff and you're like, maybe I should drop the Catholic stuff. There was a joke about, oh, I don't want to spoil your joke, but there was a joke about like giving birth and you're like, I don't know if I like that. It, it felt like it felt flat. Right, right. I don't know if the audience, I don't know if I presented it well, if the audience was along for the ride. I, you know, I don't know if the turn at the end was enough to right. justify the uh, getting there. Tremendous amount of setup. Yeah, the setup. And <laughs> Spoilers, I like to hear my voice. I like to hear myself talk a lot. And the thing that was interesting to me the most is that the whole time you kept repeating this to yourself, and I, I don't even know if you realize you do it, you're like, gotta slow down, gotta slow down, gotta slow down. I talk too fast, I gotta slow down. And you kept like peppering that energy going. I, I, you weren't saying it for me, I could tell you were just like, it was like a mantra to you to kind of, yep. and then you go up on stage there, and you looked like a seasoned veteran, first of all. You looked, you had complete and total command of the room, and the show you did was about three minutes longer, I wanna say, uh, on the main stage than it was at the, mm -hmm. so there was a lot of different material, but the stuff that you did, you totally reworked, and I saw you, t you know, take your own notes, modify and change those jokes. I saw they were all better, like every note you gave yourself, every, every like tweak you made uh, worked out really well, and, uh, and then you had new material, and it was really fascinating to watch that process, but also, um, Something that you did, and I guess you didn't really have the opportunity to do it in the first place because it was so small and intimate and you're playing to comedians, but um, you played the crowd really well and interacted with the crowd, mm. which I think is fascinating, and that's the thing I like most about comedy, because anybody, I shouldn't say that, it's one thing, <laughs> I sh it's one thing to write a joke that's funny and then to prepare it and repeat it and go through that process to get it down, right. you get the delivery down, you get the timing down, and then to deliver that joke that you've been working on for a month or two months or six months or a year, it's an entirely different thing to walk into a crowd of strangers and go, I'm gonna make fun of you, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna insert you into this joke, and then, and then I'm gonna go around and I'm gonna do like three minutes of joke, then I'm gonna do a callback to you again, <laughs> and then I'm gonna do a callback to you again, and to have the wherewithal to do that, and that is the thing that I was the most impressed with and that I thought you did the best at was, because I, I find that that's, because that, like, that is like in the moment creativity, that is being funny on the fly. Yeah, that is where I think, um, that is the goal for me. Like yeah. I love that feeling and I was able to get it last night and I think it's the hardest thing to achieve um, when you're on stage is just to have that feeling when you feel like you're, on, like you're not driving the car anymore. Mm -hmm. Where it's just, you're not thinking, you're just doing. And I think one of the strategies that I'm trying to utilize is having my set, having the confidence that my set's funny, but being able to deviate a little bit and then always come back to that road. So like when you wanna do crowd work, when you wanna go to the crowd, just knowing that like, look, I've got 10 minutes. I only have to do seven minutes. Yeah. So if shit's not working, I know there's a couple jokes in there that I think are really funny that I think people will respond to. Those are at the end there, we're gonna get there. Right now, let's just have fun. And being able to, like at one point last night, and this is what I've been trying to do and this is ultimately the goal, I think, for anyone that's being on stage, is I remember it felt like I was, like time just was 
not a factor. And then I was looking through my own eyes, watching someone else, like listening to someone else perform. And I was just staying, I, it was, I actually had a moment where I was like, this guy's doing pretty good. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> that guy's me. Not great, but I was like, this guy's, people are enjoying this, this is enjoyable, right? And I had one moment where I started saying a joke that is such a fucking obvious, like you, the setup is so obvious where I'm going that that's kind of the joke. Mm-hmm. And I saw, as I paused to, to just look and see how it was affecting, and the woman in the front row mouthed the punchline, like laughing. And I, I started laughing at her, and she started laughing at me, and then I said the punchline, and then she started laughing again, because it was, it's, my jokes are not clever. They're just fucking beat you over the head with perversion. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun, and it was fun to have the front row. And I didn't realize that probably 90% of the front row were, were the best friends out there that showed up, mm-hmm. because all of them came up to me. Well, I made fun of one guy's dick, and he was like, hey, man, I've been following you for years. Thanks for talking shit about my dick. And I was like, I apologize about that. I'm sorry. But that's a, there always has to be one person who gets his dick talked shit about um, but no, ultimately, like, it was it was just super fun, and it was super fun to get that experience of like being at a club and 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 being backstage and sitting there waiting, listen, watching the host try desperately to say nice things about you, even though he just met you five minutes ago. By the spoilers for anyone at comedy shows, sometimes they know you, but sometimes they don't. If they say this guy's a super talented guy and they're talking in general yeah. vague, ter- they don't know who the fuck. Guaranteed, if, if a, I, I think if, a, if an MC says the word talented in, in, in reference to the comedian about to come up, he's never yeah. met him before. Or her. Every once in a while, I've, I've, had one, I've had some hosts be like, this, this comedian, is uh, he's, he's 37. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Nick Scarpino. I'm like, yeah. well, at least you don't, you're, yeah, you're not so, trying. Sounds Italian. But uh, yeah, a couple shout outs. Uh, Mark Smalls hosted last night. Um, I think he's on social media. I just met, I, I've met him a couple times. He funny. was fucking hilarious. Was I've so seen him good. at Punchline. He is a tremendous Tremendous host, and that is not an easy job, um, especially when you're dealing with a Thursday night crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, some people who are very new to comedy, like myself, who you don't know is going to do. Like you have to go out there, and you have to be confident for the people that are coming after you as the host. Mm-hmm. And if the person that came before me didn't do very well, you your job is to go out there and get the crowd back. Yeah, get them back no matter what, because uh, because timing does matter, and the person that went before you unfortunately does matter. If you lose the crowd, if they lose the crowd, it can be very hard to get them back. Um, and then shout out to Phil Woods, uh, my buddy who booked me on the show. It's Phil Woods, but he goes by Phil Woods. Uh, he, was, he was the guy that had the Taco Bell joke. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking That's hilarious. That's a great joke. He books me on things all the time um, because he's a great guy and, and just recognizes, you know, that he can be taller than me. Um, <laughs> And so that's great for him. But yeah, we're, I'm doing another show with him on Sunday, so that's great. Um, and then shout out to Cobbs. They were, it was awesome. So the if, people at work there were great. If you'll allow me, I have a few questions for sure. you. Sure. Okay. First question is, the next time you do stand-up, yeah. like, do you think you have set a base level now, so from here on you'll be more comfortable, or do you think you'll be just as nervous next time as you were I got a show coming night? up at Milk Bar on Sunday, and I fully expect to bomb. Really? <laughs> Why? Different venue, different day, who knows? So all of know. that, all of those factors. The good thing is I know this is the benchmark for how well I can do. Okay. I went up on stage, I did roughly eight minutes of material. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. I know I can do that. It might be six months till I get back to that again. And that's where it, that's where it gets hard. Well, that, that, was, that leads into my next question, which is now that you've done that, and I think that you, uh, I mean, A, you brought a crowd, which is probably the most important thing. At the end of the day. Sadly, financially, yes. Um, One day I'll be funny enough to people like, that guy's really funny. I'll come back and see him again. I don't have to follow him on Twitter, but. Do you we'll think see. you gained enough respect in that group of comedians, uh, like with Phil and, and Mark, uh, that you will 
that you'll get asked to do more stuff like that now? Like, do you think your 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 I guess like your your bar has been raised a little bit? I think it gives me a little bit more cachet. I mean, I think Tim filmed it, and unfortunately, I think halfway through they made him stop. Then yeah. just, he kept doing it again because he's he's Tim. And we asked, by the way, but they just they they weren't organized. It it doesn't matter. Sure. Um, I think I think it'll help build a little bit of cachet. With mm-hmm. that, it'll be easier for me to sell myself to people and being like, hey, I've done Cobbs. I did pretty well there. Yeah. Uh, these two guys can vouch for me. Um, and it'll, it'll give me a little bit more confidence to sell myself to people. Because mm-hmm. ultimately what I've learned is that I don't think, even though I'd really love this to be the, the case, I don't think anyone ever comes and says, you got talent, kid. I'm going to put you in all these shows, right? Yeah. I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it's really on you. Like, now I have to go out and reach out to these guys again and be like, I had a great fucking time. I will bring more people. I will bring better jokes. My people my people are awesome, by the way, because mm-hmm. they drink a lot and they laugh a lot, which is the two things you want people to do at a club. Book me on more stuff. Book me on more stuff. The great thing for me is I don't need, um, I need the exposure. I don't need the money. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to worry about making a living because we've got this and this is awesome. Yeah. So I can take the risks. I can drive to Sacramento. I can do all these things and not have to worry about any of the actual, like, the stressful things, which is, like, I can't pay my rent. And so I can, you know, I have a little bit more leeway there with, like, just being a little more confident and putting myself out there and saying, like, I'll fucking drive to San Jose tomorrow. Or I'll drive to freaking Santa Barbara or whatever and just go do that and play a club for five people. Is that, a, is that where you want to take this? Do you want to get to the point where you're driving to Santa Barbara and Sacramento? Well, eventually I'd like to get to the point where I take a helicopter to Santa Barbara. Well, yeah, obviously. But uh, I'm not quite there yet. I mean, I'm going to Kevin Hart this yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking my, I'm 37. <laughs> driving in my Honda. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't really have a goal for this, honestly. Okay. The goal is to get better at this because it's really fun. Yeah. Um, Do you think it makes you better at your day job? Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg pays me nice compliments every once in a while. And he said, you've actually gotten way better at presenting and your timing's better and you're more confident. And he, it's because of, it is 100% because of comedy. Mm-hmm. Because coming in here, I get to perform for people out there who know who I am and want this. And it's, that's comforting. It's comforting to know that there are people who are like coming onto the morning show because they like the experience they get here. It's confidence building. Yeah. Um, but I would not be able to do this as good if I didn't put myself in front of ten people who literally sit with hands crossed and they're like, "Entertain me." I don't know who the fuck you are. Who do you think you are? It doesn't matter. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care who I am. Yeah. Nor should they, because it's it's the most. I want to say it's the most not democratic, but uh, that's not the word for it. But it's the most honest thing you could possibly do is stand up on stage in front of someone who doesn't know who you are and try to make them laugh. And win them. And win them. Yeah. Because they, if they don't know who you are, they're not going to get, they're not, it's not going to, after the first couple pity laughs, you're getting silence. Yeah. And so you know it's a gut check moment where you're like, I'm either not good at this or I need to put a lot more work into this because this is not working. Do you think, you, could you see yourself getting comfortable enough in comedy and with your act to have a two hour act? No. It's f- crazy. I have worked for the last year to get eight solid minutes. Yeah. One year, eight minutes. Now, I assume as you're, when you're a professional, that gets a little bit easier or you get you build tools to motivate to, to generate more material. But I look at guys like Bill Burr or um, any of the people that have Netflix specials or Joe Rogan or, or, or like George Lopez or Dave Chappelle, and I'm like, how the fuck? Well, Dave Chappelle's different because I don't think I don't even know if he has a set. I think he just goes up there more often than not. Yeah, half of it is just crowd work and fun. Yeah. But like you look at like George Lopez, I, I think had one of the best specials last year, and he did an hour, and it was an hour of fucking killing. It was killer joke yeah. after killer joke. And I don't know if he has outside writers. 
but even if he does, he still has to memorize that material and be yeah. able to deliver it. And he's George fucking Lopez, and you expect that level from him. And so I don't, I have no idea how you get to that level. You know, that's it's, it's interesting. so foreign to me right now. It's interesting you say that because there was actually an episode. I mean, we talked about we touched on this briefly uh, last week, but there was an episode of Marvelous Miss Maisel where she used some, like she hired a writer and used their material, and it went south really quickly. Yeah, I think in some ways it's got to be almost harder. To figure out how to tell someone else's jokes. I think that the guys that do it, like you. Chris Rock, um, there have been people that have criticized big comedians, like Robin Williams famously had writers that yeah. came in. Sure. Um, and I, people are like, you say what you will about that. Um, I I think it's it's not like you're, you put a bunch of writers in a room, you come back six days later and go, what do you got for me? No, right? of course. It's Chris Rock's in the fucking room with, you know, famously, he tells that story about um, how it was. You know, he hired Louis C.K. and Tina Fey back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of writers. They went into a room for a day with with him, and they talked about what the you know I think for, for a movie. Um, but it's the same general process where like you're working with these people to work out bits, yeah, and get jokes. Um, so I don't I don't begrudge them that, but I do think that the guys that are like I did this for a year, I got sixty minutes of material. It's me. I'm going out there. It's ballsy. Yeah, it's ballsy. Yeah. It's I even fun. had a moment in the car where I. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, not a lot, I learned something about myself last night in the process, and at one point we were in the car, I had some ideas for how to maybe change a punchline for you, and I started to tell you, and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I was, I was giving you a, a... I don't mind tags. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I, I like feedback. I like feedback from people. I don't, I mean, I, I wherever I can get it from at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. You want to give me a punchline, throw it at me on Twitter, that's fine. Uh, actually, don't do it on Twitter. <laughs> don't, don't, please don't tweet my jokes publicly. They're not quite ready for that. That's actually a, an interesting thing, too. Because originally, I was like, I want to guard this. Yeah. This has to be a live thing. Yeah. And I was really apprehensive about putting it up in Kind of Funny Live. And then I realized that it's kind of a revelation for me. It's something that gave me a lot more confidence, too, is that most of the people who are going to follow you on this journey like seeing the joke progression. Mm-hmm. They don't mind hearing the jokes a few times because they like exactly what you talked about, seeing me tweak them. My, my buddy Eric, for instance, came last night and he was like, dude, it's so cool to see you say the same jokes that I knew were coming, but you said them more succinctly and they were sharper and they made me laugh a second time. And he's like, it's so, I am, I, I've thought about live streaming all my sets before. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have the balls for that, but something on that level has been percolating in my brain a little yeah. bit. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's 12.01, unfortunately. We're going to have to cut this off here because I have kind of funny games daily coming up real quick. But I do want to read some tips from you guys. Thank you so much. The Filipino Mamba says, Wore my Scarpino Shadow Boxing Association shirt proudly as you absolutely killed it last night at Cobb's Comedy Club. Congrats to you, Nick. Keep rocking it. Thank you for still having that shirt. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Mr. Pixel says, Hello, two men and a Kevin. <laughs> Fifth the Gamer and I will be coming to SF for the great state from the great state of Minnesota for um, the second to the 5th. Nick, would love to come to one of your comedy shows if you're having one. 2nd to the 5th of February. I don't have anything planned yet, but I'll probably do a mic someplace. So if you guys want, you can come by, hang out, grab a beer, and watch me bomb in a mic. Kevin the Killer, just follow me on Twitter. Kevin the Killer says, Nick, you did awesome last night at Cobbs. I was dying of laughter when you were up. Can't wait to see you do stand-up live again. Also, I was the guy with the black kind of funny shirt. Oh, the uh, Golden Gate shirt. Right on. Uh, a Rock eighty six says, "Nick, you did an amazing comedy uh, job last night. Uh, I know this because Cool Greg laughed at your jokes. You come a long way in, in just a year, and I can't wait to see how far you'll go in comedy. To be fair, you don't know Cool Greg was laughing at my jokes because some sometimes shit just occurs to Cool Greg and he starts laughing. <laughs> and he boy, he said two things today that I'm going to tweet out. I'm going to tweet out. 
I was like, cool, Greg, you know so much about so much because we were talking about oh, Jay-Z. Yeah. And he was like, nope, I only know about Jay-Z. And I said, cool, Greg, do you think at this point you could be a Jay-Z historian? And he goes, no, I smoke too much weed. <laughs> and then he walked away. Honesty, you've never seen honesty quite like that. Yeah. Uh, Hogan Nation says, big thanks to all for giving me constant laughs for the past 16 weeks as I study to be a certified EMT. Glad to be a best friend, and I'm stoked to have you guys in my ear as I go on to the Fire Academy. Uh, congratulations, man. That's not easy. My brother-in-law was an EMT first and is now a firefighter, and it is fucking hard. So you're doing God's work, my friend. Good for you. Uh, Bandy Flounder says, hey, guys, figure this show deserves my first tip. I've been following Jeff for years, and these morning shows with you two have been great. Keep up the good work. It does make me wish I lived in Austin, just because then I'd make you come over every Friday, and Fridays would be our morning shows. Oh, That'd absolutely. Be, be morning coffee with Jeff and Nick. We talk about our morning shits. Zyger1337 says, hey, Nick, hey, Jeff, just wanted to thank you guys for an amazing show. Nothing but love for both of you. I wish I could have gone to the show last night. I'll try harder. Love you both. Zyger, I love you. You come to everything. You don't have to come to everything. I also now love you. There you go. Uh, we'll go into PS I Love This Best Friend XOXO. This is your opportunity to nominate someone in our community you feel is doing a great job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash best friend to do that. Uh, Joe, Cuthbert all good mm-hmm. is shouting out Snowbike Mike, way Snowbike Mike, what up? Let's get this party started. I'm shouting out Snowbike Mike because he's just an all-around cool cat. I've been tuning into his Friday night Twitch streams, and he just seems like a nice guy. Now, here's the fun thing you may or may not know about Snowbike Mike. Snowbike uh, Mike has been a Patreon supporter of ours from day one. Okay. Okay. Now we have a tier on Patreon where we do Google Hangouts with. If you support us for three months, you get to do a Google Hangout with us. Snowbike Mike starts all every single one of his. Like it's like the best podcast you've ever listened to. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Snowbike Mike podcast. Yada, yada, yada. We went for f- six months. Like we did five of these things before we realized he wasn't recording them. Are you serious? He was just doing them for fun. Wow. And I was like, are you kidding? And then he started Twitch streaming. We're like, okay, you were just doing it for practice. I get that. Yeah. But to this day, I'm bitter that we didn't record those. Yeah. Because I would have put him up on my fucking I don't on like my YouTube, YouTube, YouTube channel. Material. Oh, yeah. my God. He was, he's so funny. He's hilarious. And the last one, he brought his mom on as his co-host. That's she awesome. She has no idea who we are. <laughs> At one point, she got up and left for a while and came right back down. No context. Didn't know who he were. Didn't care. <laughs> it was so, great. He's so amazing. Uh, giveaway time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, real quick, Nick. Yeah. We have some cheers. Oh, well. cheers. I'm so sorry, guys. I always forget about those cheers. Uh, They're on the screen if you want to cheer. Yeah, no, X Haynes giving us a cheer. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Superman Cool says, meeting Greg in the bathroom last night was a delight, uh, as delightful as it was awkward. Glad you guys are so local for me. Hope to meet the rest of you guys sometime, preferably not in a restroom. Much love, Drew Sherman. Drew, are you the one that looks like a really young narc? <laughs> Because there was a guy last night that I met outside the bathroom who was like, hey, man, you did a great job. And I was like, you look like you were a 16-year-old cop. Because <laughs> he had a mustache. He had a mustache. <laughs> so let me know if that's you. Because I feel like that might be you. Oh, he gave us another tip. It says, I drove an hour and a half to see your set, Nick. It was awesome. You were legitimately funny. I can honestly say the laughs you gave me were genuine, which is more than I could say for a couple of those comics. Smiley face. Uh, really happy my girlfriend and I were able to chat with you on the way out. I was the dude with the mustache who, sa- who you said looked like a rookie cop drug dealer. <laughs> Can't wait to see you up there again so soon. That's great. Uh, Bobby the Douche gave us a, a couple cheers. He said, a day late, B-Day tax turned, turned all the way up. Uh, uh, today, it's just ginger ale and you guys. From your boy, the douche. 
Thanks, Bobby the Douche. And that's it for cheers right now. Uh, giveaway time. Four ways to win. One, you can be in the Twitch chat right now. You can watch live, be in the Twitch chat. Two, you can be a Twitch subscriber. If you have Amazon Prime, this is your daily reminder. Use Amazon Prime to give you a free subscription to one Twitch channel. Give it to someone. If you want to give it to us, I will not stop you. I won't, uh, I'm not even going to feign that I don't want it. I'm like, yeah, give it to us. But give it to someone if you don't give it to us. Give it to someone in the community. I gave mine to Snow's Cra Crave Snow last month, uh, and I'm, every month I'm giving mine to someone special just to incentivize you to get out there and do the right thing. I'm going to give mine to Snowbike Mike. There you go. Yeah. There it is. Oh, he's next for me, too. God bless him. Uh, ways three and four, patreon.com slash kindoffunny or patreon.com slash games. If you support us at the $2 or above level, you get entered to win, but you also get all the perks of the $1 and above level, uh, which gets you early access to all our content, like MCU and Review. No, that's not true. That's not on there. Uh, MCU and Review just goes out. Like all the podcasts, you get to watch the podcast live, and you get the, which is really, really fun. Did I get that right, Kevin? Is that a live, is that a live podcast here? The dollar? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shit's slipping for me these days. Uh, today's winner of our giveaway is... Comes from the Kind of Funny Games Patreon. Congratulations, Jared Milrod. You have won Elite Dangerous on the PS4. Ooh. Two words that when you put together mean nothing. Elite Dangerous. Nothing. Nothing to me. It's like a generic B-movie. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? I bet Stone Cold Steve Austin's in it, though. Oh, God, I hope he is. He did a good movie a, lot, a while back where they were all stuck on an island, and that was the last thing he did. Oh, yeah? Remember that? It was no. actually not a bad movie. I can't I remember know. what it was I called. I have actually seen the movie. Well, Lord don't of watch the Flies. It. it was not Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Might have been Lord of the Rings for all I know. I don't watch movies that much. He was piggy. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, keep your questions, comments, and concerns for <laughs> Jeff. Piggy. He's yeah. here for just uh, 15 more minutes, uh, and then we'll go into sub-only mode, and we'll talk to you guys. Uh, Arock 86 says, Nick is getting senile in his ripe old age of 37. Well, no debating that. Uh, Richmond 2Dicks says, how much, Jeff, how much Bitcoin would you buy Nick for... Well, I just bought sugar, all of Sugar Pine 7 for 5 Bitcoin. <laughs> so, uh, But to be fair, nobody knows what 5 Bitcoin means in no, real money. Not a, not a clue. That could be $10 million. I might have, I I might have been fleeced. I don't you, know. You might have been. Uh, I think you're probably, you're, I would, I'd throw down at least 15 Bitcoin for a Scarpino. That's a lot. That's a lot of Bitcoin. That's either $1 or $75 million. Nobody knows. And I, there, there, no, in, there's no middle ground there. There's it's no middle ground. I have been following this Bitcoin thing um, very loosely for the past few weeks, ever since someone said that it was skyrocketing and then it has since plunged. And people come out of the woodwork who are Bitcoin supporters. I'm going to see how much I've lost today. I'll go into that. I'll read one more comment. Uh, Greedier says, Nick, when a show doesn't go how you hoped, can you tell the difference between a crowd just not feeling that night if it was the material needs work or a mix of both? No. Sometimes you can, you can, the crowd cools off and you can feel it. Sometimes it's your delivery, and sometimes they just don't like your jokes. Mm. If I could just chime in for a second, yes. I've gone to shows with you where you're like, oh, man, that like the, I bombed. And it's like, no, you didn't bomb. There was just three people in the audience, and two of them were comedians that were like rehearsing their own bits in their minds. Yeah. So it's just, I feel like a lot of times when you come out and you're like, oh, man, yeah, I, I bombed out at open mic yesterday. And it was like, ah, I think that the room sucked. It's possible, yeah. but it's like, not an I, excuse. You should I, be able to make two people laugh. If you sure. can make two people laugh, you can make 200 people laugh. That's just the way it goes. Mm. That is what That's they the say. That's the way it goes. Uh, Lakers Shed 2432 says, Nick, can you give Andy shit because the Lakers beat the Spurs? Yeah, I can. Thanks, Lakers Head. Yeah, weren't the, weren't the Spurs missing four players, though? No, we don't watch any sports. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah we're not allowed to. We right. unfortunately don't have time on the show and for Andy sports. And Andy actually didn't to. come in today. I'd love so. to have, I'd love to carve out some more time for the show. We just, we just, you're we still simply, talking about it. We simply can't squeeze any more into this <laughs> show. And people don't like sports that much, so we just, we gotta give them what they yeah, want. Yeah, uh, let's go into sub-only mode right now. And then I'm gonna go pee-pee. 
The room is now in subway mode. Lucifer's Load says, Nick, have you seen the newest Dave Chappelle Netflix special? It's great. The first two thirds then completely falls uh, off the last third. Interesting. No, I saw, I saw, he, he released two specials in a row, or like consecutively, not yeah. consecutively, at the same time. Uh, one, the one that he did um, on the same stage that he did Killing, Him, Killing Me Softly, I thought was really funny, but I haven't seen the other one yet. Uh, I, see, I saw them both. I, I liked them both. The, yeah. se- the second one got, he got, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. He got into a, a, a real deep dive on the story that he went in about, about a book he read about a pimp. And it was dark, mm. you know, and it wasn't necessarily funny. Maybe that's what he's talking but he about. does that. That's like he he all like that's his like that's how he ends. I saw him in Austin last year. He did the same thing. Like he he does all of his comedy. Uh, he he kills for like an hour and a half or whatever, and then he does like thirty minutes of like social consciousness, you know, mm. or like you know, and yeah. so maybe if that's not your thing, I guess I could see how you wouldn't enjoy it. I, I, th- I found it fascinating. If that's what I like though about the medium is that it's your time. Yeah, you can fill it with whatever you want. It's true. Do whatever you want. Doesn't have to be funny. Just has to be entertaining, or at least thought provoking on some level. Doesn't even have to be that. You can just go up there and talk, fucking yell at people for an hour. Some people do that. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see, Jeff, where do you go to get your hair done? <laughs> Says Justin Ryan Beer. That's a great question. There. I've been getting my hair cut by Griffin every day for every week for 13 years, and <laughs> it's one of those problems you got to solve now. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Moving out into yeah, yeah. a single head again. Well, there you go. I'm sure there's plenty of cool barbers that'll, uh, you know. Give you a nice, like, you gotta go to a barber. This is what you gotta do. It's my recommendation for you. Find a good barber, mm-hmm. like a hipster barber place. They give the hot towel massage. They do, like, the, the razor shave if you want it, like the straight razor shave. They just, like, they give, maybe they give you, they get in there with the shoulders and they you cut the like hair. You feel like free beer, good. the glass of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, you know, they make you feel like a man. Yeah. You know, they walk in and it smells like leather. They also charge you $65. They charge you $165. No, yeah, they do charge you a lot. Yeah. But that's because I got my bear and the beard done. And to be fair, the beard's harder to cut than the hair because there's more hair here than there is on the top. I'll just yeah. do the rooster teeth way where if I don't want to pay for it, I'll just figure out a way to turn it into a show. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, Jeff gets his hair cut every three weeks. The podcast. And you're just getting your hair cut and no one's talking. <laughs> the guy just keeps asking you the same four questions they always ask you because they can't remember from the six weeks mm-hmm. prior. Hey, man, you got any kids? One. Oh, man, that's great. Boy or girl? Girl. <laughs> where you live? Girl. Where you live? You going anywhere? Are you traveling anywhere? No, man. I'm just staying in my cave. Uh, Pissed Librarian says, Jeff needs to convince Nick to watch Twin Peaks. Hey, Nick. Maybe watch it. Maybe don't. I honestly don't give a shit. Oh, there you go. I I gave it my all. I'll tell you one thing right now. (laughs) The X-Files came back. Yes. They came that back. Six, that six, six episode run last year. They're doing a six episode. No, they're back they're now. They're doing another They're one. doing another It hasn't one. come out yet, though. It has. Oh, it has? Yeah, I think the first one dropped oh. last week, I want to oh. say. And I started watching it, and I fell asleep. And then I, it, I'm just like, I don't want to go back to the past, ladies I, and gentlemen. Yeah, I was, I was not blown away by the, the last iteration. There was one episode I really dug, and I only watched three of the four, three of the six, or whatever. Yeah, yeah I just, no, it didn't, good. it didn't grab me. I'm good. Jillian, uh, Jillian Anderson is still doing some really good work, though. Oh, if you haven't seen the uh, the fall, I'm wrapping it up. Yeah, if you haven't seen the fall, it's fucking phenomenal. Fantastic. I'll take one more, and then we'll go. Uh, Lakers head two four three two says my barber talks to me about murders in Guatemala. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your kind of funny morning show uh, for January 12th. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy Friday. Enjoy the rest of your day, and have. A lovely weekend, and if you're in the Bay Area, come out and see me at Milk Bar on Sunday night. Jeff, as always, an extreme pleasure. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, and can I just say, if you are in Guatemala, stay safe. Stay safe. Kevin, cut the feed.